0: Your mom needs more assistance and needs to sell the house to pay for it, but she doesn't wanna leave her home. Or your sister doesn't want her to sell the house. Or someone else is living in the house. Over the years, we've heard from so many families in this exact situation. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman. So what exactly are you supposed to do if someone is keeping you from selling the house? Today we're talking with real estate agent, Lilia Anderson about this very tough subject. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Lilia, hi. Hi. Good to see you again. Yes, it's so good to see you. I am so glad that you're here today because I think this is such an important topic. We have worked with so many families over the years that need to sell their home to pay for mom or dad's care, but someone is presenting an obstacle, whether that is someone disagreeing with the sale of the home or someone like actually an an obstacle, like living in the home with their parents. And it's this kind of weird situation that nobody really knows what to do with. And so I'm really excited that today we're going to just talk through some different scenarios and and give folks some different ideas of maybe what they can do.
1: That's a tough subject. That is a tough one because when you're dealing with a family, there's so many family dynamics and it's so hard to really dice it and really get into it and what, what's the problem and how to really take care of it. And a lot of times the issue is hard to deal with and nobody wants to take that on because usually it's a child who maybe has some mental issues, or maybe they're struggling with one thing or another, and they are living in the home and the parent won't give that up and the kids are struggling. So it's, it is that it's a tough one. This is a very tough subject.
0: It's interesting that you were mentioning about the mental issues. I actually had a family that I worked with who the mom was in her eighties, needed more care But she Mm -hmm. was actually the caregiver for her developmentally delayed daughter, but the daughter was in her 50s. So this one actually had a cool ending because the family had never considered that mom and daughter could continue to live together in assisted living. And they actually got an apartment large enough that they could both live together in the same apartment the mom got all of the care services that she needed. The daughter didn't really need anything, but that was okay. And so that one had a great ending. Yeah, No one had actually really thought of that as even being an option. So that was really cool.
1: That is a great option. We've had that happen several times when the kids actually move in with the parent into the assisted living community. The one thing just to consider as if you're Thinking of that scenario, some of the communities will accept someone who is fifty or fifty five. Some communities are very strict that it has to be sixty two and older. So just but something to consider if you're thinking about that as an option. Yeah, definitely,
0: absolutely, yeah, that's true. I mean, you do have to find the right fit for sure. Mm -hmm. What and and honestly, that kind of speaks to all of this. You know, you're in real estate, and I help families find senior living. But the topic that we're talking about today, I feel like it almost takes both of us. Yeah. It, it's almost like this team <laughs> to sort of get through and come up with the best solution.
1: It has to be a team. It, it's not a one-man show. There's so many things that come into play. I mean, some sometimes you'll go in and maybe someone's a hoarder and there's things that you need to clear out. Then you need to involve someone else. Maybe there's an estate sale that needs to happen, then you bring in somebody else. That's the beauty of it is having those connections and having the resources available and really sitting down and coming up with a good plan. What is a plan? Sometimes it's usually between the siblings. One, there's usually one that's probably not in the house. The other two or three are angry. They don't know how to deal with it. They are trying to talk to the parent. Well, the parent won't give up on their child. I mean, this is their child, but really going to the core and, and finding out what's the issue, how can we solve it? Who needs to be involved? So definitely it takes a team effort to get something like that resolved. Yeah.
0: I mean, because here's the truth of it. They don't always end well, Oh God! No. but I think it's, Im- I think it's so important to talk about it so that families can start to get an idea of what to expect or what to, Avoid, or you know, Mm -hmm. maybe when to move sooner than later. You actually had a story where it, yeah, it didn't involve well. What was that?
1: Oh, gosh, that sure didn't end well. It's a oh boy, a great family, great family. Um, Three siblings, one living in the home. Dad definitely needed to move, but again, he wouldn't give up on his son. And the kids did everything they could. I mean, they tried to help, they've tried to give the son other options, and he just wouldn't take them. And they just had to draw a line. They just said, I'm sorry, we're going to draw a line. We're going to choose for dad. And they moved dad to assisted living. And they said, you need to leave. And he ended up homeless on the streets. They sold the house. I'd see him sometimes actually downtown. And it's the truth is the endings aren't always the best. But you have to look at what's important. You have given this person all the option, all the assistance, and they have to either take it or not. And at that point, who is more important? Absolutely, the dad. The dad needs the care, the dad needs the help. He cannot be in that house. He cannot continue to support his son in that way. It gets to a point where he's just enabling his son, and because he doesn't have to choose he has it made right there. He doesn't have to choose. And so the kids just have to come in and make that decision and be okay with it because it's for the right reason.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that's so hard. And it's just, yeah. What do you do? Because I, I mean, I'm sure that was so difficult convincing the dad too, you know, to let go. And then, yeah, at some point, like you said, they're either going to accept assistance or they're not and the son made a choice and it's no less heartbreaking and i'm sure it's you know been really hard on on the son and honestly like a total aside we've both you and i have both worked in assisted living buildings right and i've even seen that happen in assisted living where all of a sudden, the staff's looking up and going, What the daughter's been here for quite a few days. Is she living here?
1: Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. Yes.
0: We had that happen too. I had uh, a family where it wasn't even a family member. So this was a neighbor, like a quote unquote friend who had said, Oh, I would love to, you know, move in and I can help your mom with cooking and cleaning and laundry. I can help her shower. I can just make sure that she's, you know, eating well and getting her medications. And so the family allowed this person to move in. And then before long conversations started happening about, well, thank you so much that I'm living here rent free, but I also feel like you should be paying me for doing the work that I'm doing. And so then there was some confusion around that. And finally, the mom declined to a point where the family said, you know what, we really need to get her moved into a situation that has care that's, you know, has caregivers, CNAs, and, you know, an actual situation where she's getting the care that she needs. And they did that. So they moved mom into, I helped them move her into a protected, more protected situation. And this woman, this friend refused to leave the house. She actually got a lawyer. She said that, you know, they had made all these promises to sell her the house for like, well, like super below market value, like some crazy price. And I said to them, you know, you, you have to be careful. And I think it's important for everyone to check out their laws, talk to a real estate professional Washington state has squatter Mm -hmm. laws that are in favor of the squatter. And so you have to really be careful how much, I guess, time you give to a situation like this, a situation that no one wants to deal with and you kind of hope it goes away. But in this case it didn't. And the family had to also get an attorney And they are in the middle of a legal battle over a house that does not belong to this person, (laughs) So, you know, and they would love to be able to sell the house, (laughs) but you know, they're in this situation. So I think it is, it's so important to be careful too, when it comes to live in caregiver situations, which we see that all the time too. That can be a really cost-effective option for families. And so you, but you have to be careful. You have to know who is, is coming into the home it's really, it's tough. Well, it is, it's,
1: it's really important. And I, the kids just need to be really on top of it and ask the right questions and talk to the right folks and know their options and know if that could potentially lead into a situation such as this, which is just a terrible thing. Gosh, I hope that works out well for them.
0: I know, I know, me too. They're yeah, they're still dealing with it. You had a situation that involved APS too, which that's Adult Protective Services. For those that don't know, what was that situation?
1: Oh gosh, well she kept coming. She kept coming to visit mom. Mom was already living in in a retirement community, and she kept coming and she kept coming. And then it's like she would stay three days, and then it was a week. And the other couple siblings weren't paying as much attention to the situation. Come to find out her daughter. Finally, the other daughter looked into it and she was out of almost $300,000. Oh my gosh. And there was no going back. There was no going back.
0: Was that another daughter?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, that did that. Oh, wow. So they ended up having to move mom out to a Medicaid community. (gasps) Oh,
0: Because she took all her money.
1: Yeah. APS got involved. It was just a terrible situation all around. And again, I mean, it's, the kids just have to stay on top of it and look, look at all the options, look at all scenarios. And I don't want it to sound like they should be worried about their siblings, but we should be aware and we should just be in the know. And if there's any questions that We could use us as a resource, right? You and I both have been there, done that. Uh, We've been in the senior industry for years and years, and it would just be make a quick phone call, uh, talk to someone, just be in the know and be proactive, be the advocate for your parent, do what's right, do what's right. And just don't just kind of sit back. And like you said, maybe it'll just go away. It's it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse.
0: Yeah. You said a couple of things there. I'm glad that you talked about that example. I know that was actually already, you know, some with someone who was in assisted living, but that happens all the time when they're living in their home too. Oh, absolutely. We see one sibling that's completely against the sale of the home. And usually that's because they are wanting the money Mm -hmm. from the sale. They don't, you know, they, they want mom or dad to live there forever so that they then reap the benefit as an inheritance. And listen, I don't want to take anyone's, Inheritance away. I mean, we work with so many seniors that are like, "I want to pass this on to my loved ones. I want them to have, you know, my home." But, but then, you know, at the same time, there is this piece you have to be able to protect your loved one and make sure they're getting the care that they need. And so, it, it is this tough balance sometimes. And and I get it. You know, you want to have that. Inheritance that your mom has been talking about for ten years, but yeah. but at the same time, if she's not able to get the assistance that she needs in the home, then you could be looking at a different situation with APS. Then you know, then you could be looking at failure to thrive, or you know, it's not a safe environment, right? And so that that can be really tough. Yeah. So you have to take a look at that too. I think. The situation can be really, really tough. And sometimes it's mom or dad that does not want to leave the home.
1: Right. And that's usually the case. And again, it's the kids just need to really be realistic. And if if they can make it work in the home and have the home care come in and have them the help that they need, that's great. Um, but the kids just really have to step it up and make a decision and, and do what's right by their parent.
0: It's funny because families that do know about APS, again, Adult Protective Services, some of them are actually scared. Like I've gotten phone calls before where they're like, "Uh, I don't know what, you know, no, 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 we don't want APS involved. But what's interesting is that if you are on that other side where mom and dad don't want to move, but you know it's not safe and maybe you can't afford 24-7 in-home care and, and you're like, what the heck do we do? calling APS can actually be a really good support for you in that situation. Absolutely. They're going to come in, they're going to look in the refrigerator. And also uh, just as a side note for the, all of those out of state daughters and sons that their parent lives out of state and they're getting this feedback from neighbors, calling APS is not a bad thing. They can come in, they can do a well check and they can see is there food in the refrigerator or not. Is the house a hoarding situation where it's not safe? And so these are all things where APS can actually support a family in making that decision and helping to get mom or dad on board with, you know, a move needs to happen. Because the last thing that we want is for there to be something really bad that happens. And oftentimes we see this where it's a fall and now mom or dad are in the hospital and now they're in skilled nursing. And you know we don't want it to get to a point where something really bad happens, right, but you know that does happen sometimes and that is
1: a that is a great point about great point a p s is not a bad thing,
0: yeah, they can really help
1: oh absolutely, well, it's just like I mean, let's just look at a different scenario, take a child, you're in the neighborhood, you're watching something terrible is happening to this child. you're gonna call c p s well, it's the same thing it's they're going to come in, they're going to investigate. They're going to make sure that this child is protected, that the child is okay, that everything's okay. It's, it's not a bad thing. They're just going to look into it and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the same, the same, same thing. Exactly.
0: One of the other things that you talked about with the siblings and you were talking about, you know, just pay attention and be in the know, getting a power of attorney is super important, but I, I think it's also important for families to know that you can have more than one person on that power of attorney. And so you can be in the know, even if you're the one who's not technically the responsible one for all the finances there, you can put someone else on that power of attorney to also be able to be in the know. So I think that's another important thing too.
1: Absolutely. That's another thing that we
0: always talk about. I, I always ask,
1: have you talked to an attorney? Is there a power of attorney involved? Who is the legal guardian in in case? You always want to have that in case, worst scenario. We don't want it to be a worst scenario, but what if it does happen? What if, what if there's always that if, and you just got to be prepared, talk to your parent and say, Hey, what can we do? If, if something like this would happen, what would you like to see happen? Who would you like to speak for you and have it? put in writing. That's, that is so important, Val, so important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, really, I'm glad that you, you know, that we're talking about all these different professionals we've talked about in-home care. We've talked about attorneys. We've talked about, of course, realtors and what I do, helping families find the right assisted living. And, and I think that just goes back to what we started talking about, which it really does take a team and, As overwhelming as this is for families, and some of you listening right now might be going through, or you know someone who's going through this exact thing right now, it is so overwhelming for families. But I think just knowing that there's Mm -hmm. a team that you can just make a phone call, a couple of phone calls to a few different people, they're going to be able to lead you to other really great people, and just starting to build that team is the first step. And then you don't have to take all of this on your shoulders. You can start to build the team and come up with different strategies, whether it's calling APS, whether it's getting resources for a son that lives there and and needs resources in order to move out of the Mm -hmm. home, you know, whether it's checking up on your siblings or getting the siblings all together, right. To say, listen, this is, and maybe, you know, As professionals, we have these conference calls with families.
1: Absolutely. We can
0: absolutely, we would love to talk to the family members that are not on board. Let's answer their questions and let's see if we can come up with the best plan for mom or dad, because that is really what this is all about.
1: And what you just said is powerful. Um, I think it's so important to be able to talk to that kid who is against it, because that is where... What is a good solution? You have to have a solution of some kind. how can I answer your questions? What are your questions? What are your concerns? What are your are you doubting something? How can I help you? And being that resource, being able to answer questions, and you're right, taking as much stuff off the shoulders and saying, "You're not alone. You are not alone in this. There is literally a team out there who's, done this hundreds of times, who have been through so many scenarios and so many family dynamics. We have answers. And if I don't have an answer, I will open up my phone and I will get you an answer. But yes, having a team around you, that is key. That is just absolutely key.
0: Absolutely. And like you're saying, we have that experience to ha- come up with those strategies, to come up with those ideas of, you know, maybe this will work and and maybe mm-hmm. we can try this. And in the end, getting that care, that's the most important thing. It's it's so hard. When I worked in independent living, mm-hmm. I, there was a gentleman who had toured. He wanted to move in. He was really excited. He had come for lunches, started to meet the other residents and then I had followed up and made a phone call to him and he had one of his, um, children was living with him and he said, well, I can't talk right now. I can't talk right now. And he had to go really quickly. Mm-hmm. And the next day at the front desk, there was a handwritten note to me on a slip of paper that said, my dad can't move. I need to live in his house. <laughs> and it was signed by his child. <laughs> and it was like, stop calling. My dad can't move in here because I have to live in his house. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> That's such a hard situation, but it happens yeah. all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah.
1: There is one thing that I was going to bring up as well, because sometimes the parent is in a situation where there isn't maybe enough money, even if the house sells, right? Their income isn't as much. Maybe the house is, it's just not enough.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: There are programs out there besides Medicaid that will help. Not a lot of communities participate in that program, but there are programs that are called moderate income program, or some people call it income qualified program. So Again, you have a team out there. Reach out and ask questions and be an advocate. There are resources
0: and there are options. Yeah, absolutely. So Lilia, what would you say would be your number one doable tip for families that find themselves in this situation?
1: Reach out and talk to someone. Just reach out because it's too overwhelming. You're right there. You're you're in it. And it's hard to see through a problem when you're right there and you're in it. Have someone who's been there, who's guided folks along the way, take your hand and walk with you. They will walk with you and it will be so much easier to walk when someone's holding your hand.
0: This week's episode is brought to you by the Rosie Rourke Keller Williams team, the top real estate team of Southeast King County, Washington, and the top 1% for Keller Williams nationwide. Voted Renton's best real estate team in 2018, 2021, and 2022. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.